What's up, everybody? We hope that you are feeling alive like Ms. Beats. I'm Josiah Keneally. And I'm Micah Keneally. And we are here in the studio today where we want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. <laughs> and Micah, can you introduce our guest to the show today? Yes, I would love to. We have a special guest, a special friend with us today, Pastor Kirk Graham. And Kirk is the Apple Valley Campus Pastor at River Valley Church in Minnesota, right here in our own little neighborhood. And previously, he was a young adult pastor and launched 20 Plus back in the day. That was a young adult ministry, and it's still going today at River Valley Church. And Kirk is incredible at creativity and innovation, and he's also the host for another great resource called The Making of an Exception podcast, right? Did I get that right? You are exactly right. I got right. that right. Good. It's amazing. And he's also the husband of his beautiful wife, Kaylee, and a dad of two beautiful daughters, Adley and Ivy. Yes. So we are so happy to have you, Pastor Kirk, and we just want to welcome you to this podcast and hope that you can have as much fun as we're going to have today. <laughs> I'm honored to be here. Thanks for asking me. Uh, honestly, uh, I think the world of both of you, Micah, I don't know you as well, but you come from North Dakota, oh, yeah, which North is where Dakota. I was born. Uh, I moved to Wisconsin for a little bit, but then graduated high school back in Bismarck. And so, uh, yeah, love you guys. Josiah, you might be the nicest person, the most kind person I've ever met. <laughs> Uh, so the way that you talk and treat people is amazing, inspiring, and so I've learned a lot from you over the years. And when I was doing 20-plus stuff, uh, you were doing young adults as well, and so just uh, being able to do ministry alongside each yeah. other, uh, even at different churches, uh, was awesome, and I'm just pumped to be here. You guys are amazing. Oh, man, this is special. This is a special episode in my heart. I'm smiling here. You can't see it because you're listening He's audio. always smiling. You can <laughs> hear it, though. Your smile, you can hear it. Like, sometimes you can hear people's smiles and Josiah's ears is one of them. Well, man, Kirk, you're saying nice things, but this is a special episode because we're going to talk about a few things. One is starting a young adult ministry, yep. you know, pioneering effort, launching things. And that's really special to me because Kirk in Apple Valley and myself in Bloomington, just about the same year, month, and weeks, we were both just kind of doing similar ministries, yep. same heart. It's all about Jesus. And I'm telling you, Anytime I could spend uh, lunch together or just dream together, it, it was super fun. And so to... We used to do like quarterly lunches, and uh, and it was with a few other guys, James Martinez, Mike yes. Svoboda. Yes. I don't know if anybody else was coming. I can't remember. Uh, but we'd do lunches together. And I think that's just a side note, like churches doing things together. Maybe they're not always doing events together, but just uh, they're one of our – we're doing a Serve Your City Day, and the Minneapolis campus at River Valley is – or I think it's – it's the St. Paul campus is linking up with Substance Church, which is cool, awesome. serve, serving together. And so things like that I think were awesome. But you helped initiate that mm. stuff, so it, it wasn't me at all, but I was honored to be there. You just got a heart for the kingdom, which is great. That's right. That's right. So, Kirk, let's jump in. You yep, ready? I'm ready. Let's Listeners, you ready? Just clap right now if you're ready. Clap in your car. <laughs> totally. Kidding. While you're driving. But... One hand on the wheel, one hand clap. Okay, <laughs> so Kirk, we're going to talk about launching a young adult ministry, yep. leading a young adult ministry, and then creativity in general. But first question, I remember in 2012, 2013, Young Adults at Cedar Valley was getting started, being dreamed up, and so was 20 plus at River Valley Church. Tell us the story of that. Yeah, so uh, I've, I've been at River Valley for eight years now, started as a worship leader. Wow. And like I thought, I thought I'd be doing worship 
until I was no longer relevant or I don't know. I just like that will always be relevant. Uh, yes. Who knows? Uh, but I, I just thought that that was I, that's what I went to school for. That's what I was doing. That's what I loved. And God uh, kind of threw a curveball. I sat at a meeting. This is before we really had a young adult ministry at River Valley. Uh, I sat in a meeting with our lead pastor, Pastor Rob, and some of our other uh, leaders and some young leaders at our church. And he was just talking about his desire to do something more for young adults. When he started River Valley, uh, he and his wife, Becca, they, they just had a dream about reaching the next generation. It's one of the things that, you know, when he's, when they started the church, said we would die for the next generation because uh, the goal would be that the next generation stands on our shoulders and does more than we ever did. Good. And so I love that about our lead pastor, that that's his heart. And so he, he was leading that meeting saying, we want to do something more for young adults. Um, we, we felt that the weekend experiences were great and attractive for young people, but they needed, they, they needed their own space and own community to be developed that would help funnel into our weekend experiences as well. So in that meeting, I, different ideas were coming up, and, and I had a chance to share some of my thoughts of what I thought young adult ministry at River Valley could look like. And in that meeting, I think this is maybe 2012, um, yeah, 2012, and at the end of the meeting, Pastor Rob said, Kirk, uh, those are some great thoughts, you know, and everybody had some great thoughts, but we'd love you to start Young Adult Ministry. Like, in that meeting, he was like, Kirk, you do it. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I'm a worship leader at the church, and um, all right. And so I didn't get a title change, a pay change, nothing. It was just, you, hey, you, the, the heart, the spirit's there, and some of the ideas, just go for it, you know? And so, honestly, I sat for the next month after that meeting, just kind of thinking about it. Nothing was really happening. And I kind of felt like, I felt like it was, he asked me to do it, but also we were kind of, that table was doing it, like we were going to do it. So the, I was, I don't know if I was waiting up for like a follow-up meeting, but Justin Mack, our global project pastor, he came to me a month later and was like, hey, so what are some of the things you've been thinking about? And when, when are we, when are we doing it? You know, like whatever we're going to do. And I was like, I haven't done, I haven't done anything. I've just been thinking about it. And he's like, um, he's like, bro, I think you misunderstood. Like, nobody's going to help you. Like, you need to do this thing. Like, it's on you. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and so, honestly, I was, on a, I was on a drive, actually, to North Dakota. I was on the drive with my wife, and she fell asleep. It was a road trip. And so I was listening to some worship music. And when I was driving, I just started to get, like, a download. And it was the first time ever that I was given something to own or to create or to start that I really felt like God spoke to me. Like, it was the first time that it ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Where it was like God was giving me a download. That's I'm not trying to be over-spiritual, but he was giving me ideas. And so part of how 20 Plus Launch was from that road trip, some ideas. And some of the ideas were to do quarterly events, to do things through small groups, to build community, to get the influence, young influencers in our church to help own this, to do to do it seasonally and maybe to call the events the season. So if you remember, we, we yeah. used to do 20 plus, we still do 20 plus winter, fall, spring, all, all the seasons and to have apparel. And to, so some of these ideas, and it, it wasn't that I was inventing this. I'm sure other people were doing the same thing, but just I felt like God was saying, this is what we need to do. And then we launched with maybe, I think maybe that fall, 20 plus fall event, doing an event, launching some apparel, doing some photo shoots and stuff and promoting. And people came to that event, not really even knowing what it was. Like 
it was just we just promoted an event, but nobody knew what was going to happen. And uh, I mean, I, I knew some of our team knew, but like people came, and it was crazy. Like people came, and maybe you've been at the beginning of an event, and you're like. Dear God, I hope somebody, <laughs> somebody shows show up. up. Yeah. Like, I've got no idea. Leader. And honestly, <laughs> like I'm addicted to that feeling. <sighs> like if we do things that are safe or for mm. sure that are for sure things, then I think we're not taking enough risk or living in faith. Even like God calls us to things that are like, I hope I get to the end of my life in ministry and go, man, 60% of what I did was pretty good and 40% mm. failed. It was the worst, you know, because that means we took some risk, you know, and, yeah. and took a step of faith. And that's what you guys have done even within the last year, uh, last year and a half, just with your lives taking a step of faith. I think that's the coolest thing ever. I hope it works out for you uh, and it will. But I just I love that. I'm sitting at a table with people that are faith people, you know, and so that's how 20 plus started Lo- longer answer than probably you're looking for. But wow, I just I, I'm loving even how you shared that story. Some of it I knew, some of it I didn't. But I think that so many leaders listening are going to relate with a couple things. One, there's a need. Yeah. A pastor has a burden or they have a burden. Yep. And it's going to be theirs to own, maybe in addition to another role. Yep. Maybe they're working another full-time job. Yeah. And they're asked to do this in addition. Maybe they're a worship pastor. Yep. Going to do young adult ministry in addition. Youth pastor doing this. Totally. In and, and I led 20 plus for three years, and it was never my title. As Like my title was never young adult pastor. It was always worship leader so or worship pastor. So that that's... It was always in addition. It was never yes. what I was doing, um, which, yeah, maybe nobody knows that. But it, what you're saying is true. Is like you do it out of calling and burden or because your uh, authority, your leader has asked you to do it. Like you don't do it because you're getting a paycheck or because it's your title or, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, And then last thought to zero in is this dream session with God. And for you, it was on a road trip. Yep. It was just kind of like... I don't know, you're driving, but we drive to North Dakota all the time. It's Mm -hmm. an easy drive. You could probably do it autopilot almost. (laughs) Totally. And you just had this moment with God. And those moments with God of prayer, I think, are where young adult dreams are, dorm dreams, they're birthed. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And it was the first time, and Micah, please, I don't want to interrupt you. You're, you're good. I'm just nodding. Stuff. I'm just yeah. remembering my first 20-plus event may have been your first launch night. Yeah, no we way. the leadership team from North Dakota, and about 12 or 13 of us yes. drove. Yes, We no were in way. the back with Chad Veach and yep. Pastor yes. Kettling and everybody, and I'm like, <clears throat> this is awesome. How do we do something like this in North Dakota? So Crazy. you've inspired people across yeah. the borders, whether you've recognized it or not, no matter how deep your roots are Minnesota or North Dakota. It's just super fun to see how God sparks a flame in people's heart just because yeah. of somebody else's passion. So and good. they just need to be doused with gasoline to step into it. And so. a quick <laughs> shout out to Josh Shaw, though, because he was leading young adults yes. in Bismarck and a friend of mine. And I love him so much now, lead pastor of Evangel. And uh, yeah, I just remember him bringing a whole crew. And I forgot that you were a part of that. Part That's of that crazy. crew seven years ago. Holy moly. <laughs> and I did not know Micah. We're now married. But I was in the back. So she would have been in the no. front. You were in the front. We were all there. So the first time we were probably what a great ever in a moment. Room <laughs> no. Never way. met each other that night. But. Is that 20 plus? Yeah. Did you guys know that before this? Or are you figuring it out right now? I think I'm, I'm figuring it out now. right now. Yeah, yeah. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, we know that things are birds out of dreams, out of passions, out of a heartbeat for our, a main or our, our leader of the church. Yeah. Um, but Kirk, what would you say has been 
the hardest part of discovering this. I mean, you essentially started something from scratch yep. for the next generation, like you said, to throw them up on your shoulders so they can see farther than you could see, to go farther than we as leaders could ever go. Yep. And this is a common question from coast to coast. Like you kind of touched on, mm -hmm. starts in the prayer room, starts with a burden, starts with an idea, starts with all yep. those things. In that process of discovering those layers of now 20 plus, yep. what was the hardest part in that process for you personally that you would want to encourage others if they're in the same boat? I think uh, one, it was unique for me because I was a young adult and mm -hmm. so now I'm 30 and feel like I'm getting old, but uh, I was 22 or 23 at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I was like right in the age range of who we're trying to reach as well. Yeah. So. Uh, I think that that helped me just be in the trenches of it. I wasn't like this uh, guru leader that knew everything. It was just we, we were making up as we go. And so I think part of the difficulty was also part of the the adventure, you know, the difficulty of just getting in the trenches. I mean, uh, I think the hardest thing was we, we knew we wanted to uh, move these events off site, like off location from our uh, church or all of our campuses and so we were looking at going downtown and so some of the hard stuff was moving the events downtown reaching non-christians people that would never step foot in a church and so finding a venue that would host a christian event like that um and so but we we over time were able to build got open up amazing doors where we were able to build relationship with a few different great venues and so th that was some challenge but it's also the adventure it's like i i love being scrappy and now being uh we we launched my, my my role has changed as launching a Minneapolis campus now being down in Apple Valley. We started a, a Monday night service, like a full weekend experience Monday night service, because I did, like the suburbs have a tendency to feel start to get comfortable, you know, like, oh, yeah. and I just I'm a, I like being scrappy even in the suburbs. And so we just we just said, hey, we're starting a Monday night service. We're going to do it, and it required all of us to all of our team to recruit new volunteers to uh, think outside the box to work an extra night you know all the stuff that kept us scrappy and so that was the tough part in launching it making it up as we go but it was also what made it so memorable and amazing and faith-filled so that's awesome well we're gonna pause right there because we are halfway through so we will continue back with pastor kurt graham and just his adventure that he stepped into with god with family with friends and his calling and his purpose and he wants to share more with you We're Micah and Josiah Keneally on youngadults.today. And if you do us a favor, wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you would rate, review, and subscribe, as well as share, that will help us reach more leaders with the message of youngadults.today. So we're back and we're having a dynamic conversation with Kurt Graham on youngadults.today about starting a young adult ministry and part one, there is some amazing stuff. You might need to go back and re-listen to it. And if you're just picking up with us, we're here with Kirk Graham. And I wanna, we talked about launching a young adult ministry. Let's talk for a second, Kirk, about leading yep. a young adult ministry. And maybe somebody started something and they wanna strengthen it now. Yep. And that's something that I watched from up close or far away, you do at 20 plus and River Valley Church so, so well. Maybe somebody started a college ministry or a new endeavor in young adult ministry. How can they strengthen it? That's a great question. Um, and hopefully I have a good answer. We'll see. But 
I think right now where 20 plus is, um, so Logan Ketterling is now our young adult pastor at River Valley Church, and he's taken it far beyond where I took it. So a lot of what I did was doing events, quarterly events. He has really built uh, like a full small group network uh, throughout all of our campuses. And so there's a there's a layer of, uh, a better layer of strength and, and foundation and depth than anything that I had ever built. Um, but, but I'll talk first, um, before I talk about small groups, I think that's huge. Uh, first, my framework in starting 20 plus, and again, a lot of this came from Pastor Rob and his heart of who we wanted to reach. I think when you do, when you're a church and you do like throw an event, you're gonna have certain people that are gonna come to anything. You know, it's like, and and maybe they're core people, maybe they're just faithful people, but um, we didn't want to just reach the people that were gonna come to anything. You know, and most of those people they've they're already saved, um, and we didn't want to just do an event that you know put out some you know junk coffee and some grapes and some pretzel thins and like you're. I mean, it, it's gonna you're gonna get the people that are gonna come to anything. We wanted to reach like influencers. We wanted to reach. Now we want to reach everybody. But it's like we wanted to dial in, like, who are the influencers in our city? Um, and so we had to start with who are the influencers in our church? And and so that's kind of where we started. If you're trying to strengthen your young adult ministry or whatever it is you're building, I think starting with who are the influencers, you know, mm-hmm. and and not to discount either um, just people that they might even be fringe, but they have the potential. And so seeing the potential in people that um, calling out the influence in people, you know, the future influence. And so uh, that's kind of where we started. And maybe there's people you just been, we're doing an event and you're like, well, man, we get the people that are going to come to everything, but we're having a tough time building traction or momentum is focusing on influencers. But giving them a role in it, you know, the more people that are owning what you're building, the, the more momentum and the larger in scale and reaching people it's going to have. So that's what we try to do is like building in jobs for people. And so part of that's like team building is like we, we did like to promote the event, we decided to do a photo shoot. Such and, a good idea. And so that gets like, and the more the merrier, like we would have 20 people come out and say, Hey, we'd love for you to be in a photo shoot. Would you want to come? And people are like, Oh me, like, are you kidding me? That'd be awesome. They feel valued and they come out and they have fun. You kind of build community on that shoot. And, and then you use all those images and you tag all those people that are in it. Like, and then as as you post to promote your event, they're in it, they're sharing it. So it's you, we created a spot for people to be in those photos, but then you're using their influence, not using in a bad way, but, but they own it. They, they want to be a part of this. They right. believe in the vision. They're, they're backing it hundred percent. So you get their influence as well as you start to promote what you're doing. And so that's kind of how we started is just finding the people that, um, that have influence in our church that want that are behind the vision that want to reach lost people, um, and, and build community with other young adults. And so that's where we started, uh, Building the different events, uh, that that was more of a skill set of my like how my brain works. But Logan, Pastor Logan, has taken it uh, to a different level in that he's built a lot of small groups, and so he's built uh, key leaders at every single one of our locations that are helping building build a network of small groups. And so that that honestly that has taken it beyond where I could have ever taken it so his mind is brilliant it's beyond me um, and I think that that's how your guys mind works too you like mm-hmm. you guys are community people and maybe I'm just more simple-minded but um, 
I would say for somebody trying to strengthen their young adult ministry, taking those influencers not and asking them not just to build the events that you're doing, but to build community through small groups. And so there's a book, I forget what it's called, so it's worthless, but uh, it's, it's a, that what a terrible plug, but... Um, Read it. <laughs> um, I will say this. I will say this. There's another book. So forget what I just said. There's another book called The Search to Belong. And it talks about the need uh, for belonging in people. Phenomenal. Uh, and and also, sometimes in church, we think the, the, the right sense of belonging is that intimate, like intimate sense of belonging. Like we need to get to know people. We need to get to the depth of their heart. We need to find out all their pain. We need to find out where they need freedom, and mm-hmm. like we need to we need to know the details. So, and that's what that's what you hear a lot in churches. Like we need a deeper, deeper community, deeper community, which is great. But I think the search to belong helps show me that people people need a sense of belonging in in a bunch of different spheres. When you go to a Vikings game, so we're, we're sitting in Minneapolis Skull. right now. Yeah, Skull Vikings. So. When you're sitting at a Vikings game, you're sitting next to a person that you don't even you you don't even know, but they're wearing the same jersey, they got the same face paint on, and when the Vikings score a touchdown, you're gonna hug this guy that you you don't even know, you don't even just know his name, but there's a sense of belonging with that guy in community that people people need that sphere of belonging, you know. And so when you're doing an event, there's a lot of that rubbing shoulders with people you might never know their name, you might never meet see them again, meet up with them again, but they feel this sense of belonging. So as you're building a ministry, don't discount the value of that sense of belonging for people. Sometimes people don't want to share all their pain. They're not ready to do that, but right. they'll come to your event and feel like they're a part of something. You know, the next the next one would be that somebody knows their name, you know, and that's, that's valuable for people, and don't discount that. Um, and what I'm really trying to speak to is, like, don't think the only – or the right, like if you're doing it right, is when everybody's crying and weeping in the living room, you know, like at your small group. Like that's not that's not the definition of right and good community, although that's good and that's needed. Um, the, you know, the next, the deepest sense would be that intimate, which is what you have in a marriage, what you have in best friends, what you have in family. Um, you know, they know the good and the bad and all of it. Um, and so people need all senses of belonging. And so that's why I think when you're doing events, pairing it with small groups yes. and seeing those communities year over year continue right. to grow in depth, um, you're helping meet the need and the sense of belonging for a whole bunch of people. So uh, hopefully that yeah. helps people Pastor build Kirk, some that's strength. That's great. Because you touched on learning how to like lead yourself, um, see the value in others, and mm-hmm. have them have some part in the planning process, the preparing process, whatever that is and looks like. So you're building a community through leveraging the gifts of others and having a sense of belonging. And we know that young adults are constantly in transition. They're constantly experiencing new stages and ages of life. And for many of the listeners, young adult ministry or campus ministry will be a season for them as well, just like it has been for you. You've had a couple of changes in the last 10 years. Um, Will you share about your experience um, of transitioning into and out of specific ministries that you would encourage others um, yeah, yeah, in that totally. process? Yeah, uh, totally. 100%. <laughs> I, uh, p- part of it is, is I'll speak to the, the local church context first. The only reason I've changed what I do is because I've been asked to change what I do. Um, very little of my change has been initiated by me. Um, and so there's a sense of like submitting to uh, my leadership and, and the lead pastors of our church and, and the people that oversee me. Like I, I know that God has planted me at River Valley and I'm going to be there until God says, 
you're good to go. But I've also had a conversation with Pastor Rob, and he says, as soon as what God wants to do through you is larger than the vision of this church or different than the vision of this church, like he's like, I want to have that conversation and I'll send you to go do whatever it is that God wants you to do. Like, mm-hmm. and so I've trusted that in my leader. And I think uh, if you're if you're in a local church context, to be able to trust your leadership um, and to like what so. Long story short, the reason I'm do I did twenty plus was because I was asked to do it. The reason I, uh, my wife and I helped start a campus downtown. I never thought I would be a campus pastor. Um, in fact, I don't. I at the time I didn't look or had the same giftings as the other campus pastors, so I felt deeply unqualified and felt like the wrong person to do this. But Pastor Rob, he asked and said, hey, Minneapolis is a different context and needs a different type of leader, so we're asking you to do it. And so we did it. The only reason we moved to Apple Valley is because we were asked to do it. So uh, a lot of my transition has been a a submission to authority and believing that they hear from God, uh, and also me and my wife hearing from God as well, that he's confirming to us, like, this is the right next move. And so there's a lot within what I just said that helps maybe teach somebody, like, if, if you're not in a place where you can trust the leadership over you, then a transition is going to be tough. Uh, but also um, passing it on. I would say I didn't pass off 20-plus to Logan Ketterling. It basically sat stagnant for a while as Minneapolis launched. Mm-hmm. And that's that's bad on my part. I learned a lot of lessons in that. Um, I should have been raising up somebody to pass it off so that it could be stronger. We, we lucked out um, in Logan Ketterling because he he saw the need and and God was stirring in him. He talked with um, it's his dad. That's our lead pastor. He talked with his dad, and um, he got the shot to go do it. And he's taken it farther than I could have. So that he's made me look good in that. That was not me being strategic. So I learned a lot of lessons. If you're transitioning into something, I would just say you know you want your leadership to be involved in that. If you're transitioning out, you want to be able to pass it off to so somebody good. that you raised up, so, good. Uh, so that they can take it further and not be threatened by it let go of it dude like if you're transitioning out let go um and so that's the local church context um you guys would probably be able to speak better to outside local church now that you're doing some chi alpha stuff mm-hmm. um nonprofit stuff but trying to do it with humility and with honor and and for the most part if god's doing it then you should do it you know Kirk, okay. that's so good and you've mentioned a couple of times river valley church is a multi-site church. And I think that that's key. We actually sat down with Logan Ketterling, who's now heading up 20 plus. And some listeners might want to go and listen to that episode next, because he talks about specifically, how do we handle young adult ministry in a multi-site context? How can there be key leaders? How can there be a network of small groups? Some of the things that you talked about that he did, we we talked with him about as well. So that might be helpful to people. Yeah, great. And um, Kirk, Creativity at its core, I said this in the notes, you're one of the most creative, innovative people that I've met, and it's not just in terms of ministry, it's just who you are, and I believe that that's the voice God's given you, that's the gifts that God's given you, and can you just talk about for a second creativity in general, or 
creativity in ministry, any direction that you want to take that question, but zeroing in on creativity. Yeah, I I appreciate what you said about me. I think, uh, though, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm I'm more ADD or um, distracted sometimes. So me, like creativity in me, I have to, I always have to hear from God, is this a distraction to what you've asked me to do? Or is this uh, a new thing or a gift? And you want me to actually pursue this, and so, um, and I, I would say I'm probably fifty-fifty in being distracted and fifty-fifty hearing from God to do something. So that's just me. That's my experience, but I appreciate it. it creativity for me, I I do believe is a gift from God. I I think everybody is creative, and so I, you know I've always kind of I'm big on language, and so like I don't like saying like Hey, you're a creative, you know, and and then the person that's administrative is not, you know. I think everybody has creativity within them, and especially when God's living inside of us, like you can be inspired to do something. Like an idea can come from God, and so if if you're saying oh, I'm not creative, I don't have ideas, or I can't do that, um, you're actually discounting the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Right. Um, and so don't do that. You are creative. Um, a couple th- a couple things that I think about in in creativity is what what got us here is not going to get us there and th- that's another book it's like a business book but um, the way that we do ministry uh, can always be changing the way we reach people can always be changing the the message that we preach uh, should not change because it's the word of God and it's the truth and if it worked two thousand years ago and it works today it'll work tomorrow uh, but the methods we should always be fluid in and so. I love change. Uh, side note on what I believe about young adults is change. So, sometimes the language of change or transition is is kind of a victim mentality. I think young adults are super uh, malleable is probably the wrong word, but flexible and, and change is good. We don't live in a, hey, get a job and work there for 30 years until you retire. Um, we live in a world where you could have 10 jobs in 10 years and that doesn't have to be a negative. That doesn't have to be a you're transient or you're flaky. Or um, I just think we live in a different world today, you know, of change and opportunity. And young adults feel that. And so sometimes we talk about um, changing the way we do ministry. And then, well, if we change it, there's going to be people that are, you know, you get nervous about the people that are feeling the change. And I just, I kind of fight against that a little bit. Like, no, let's change it and bring people on the journey of change and allow them to speak to the change. And so um, I, I'm a huge fan of trying to do ministry different. And so that's partly why we, when we were doing 20 plus, let's not do it at church. Let's do it in a place where people, like lost people would go, you know, like, because they're not, they're not knocking down the doors of the church to find the answer to the hole in their heart. You know, they're knocking down club doors and bar doors and theater doors. And so that's where we started hosting those events. And so, um, again, I'm not saying I invented that idea or that model, but I'm a huge fan of trying to do ministry a different way. And that's what we're doing at Apple Valley is starting a Monday night service in the summer because the you know we live in Minnesota and summer is super valuable for people and so when the weather's nice people have cabins people have vacations people run their kids around uh, in the suburbs you know and so what if when everybody has to go back to work they're back at their homes and Monday night is the best well, is the best night and this summer that service has been going awesome so um, we're actually thinking about do we not cut it do we let's 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 not just do it for the summer let's just keep it going so um, th- there's a level of uh, also, like I get, there's a saying that Brian Houston said, if it's not broke, break, break it. it. Huh. So, yeah. wow. uh, 
so he, he, I heard this, and maybe it's a fake story. I don't know. Maybe it's a, um, a myth, but I heard that uh, around around the holiday season one year, like at Hillsong Church, he he called the staff in for an emergency staff meeting and said, um, "I'm, you know, we're doing good, but I feel like we're getting a little comfortable, and so I'm I'm changing everybody's portfolio." And he handed everybody new job descriptions, not like drastically, but new things that they had to carry and took things that they were carrying off their plate. And I've seen that happen. You know, there's a, a guy named Diego. He's a pastor now at uh, Hillsong, Orange County. But he was he was a youth pastor at Hillsong, New York. Before that, he was driving. You know, he was just driving a pastor around. Like he he's like on a dime. He was like, hey, you're no longer doing youth ministry. You're gonna do something else. You know, and hey, you're no longer gonna be in New York. You're gonna go to OC. Like there's a level of like change and transition that he's had. Uh, but it's it's fighting against comfortability and complacency. But also um, trying to say what we've been doing is not gonna get us the same results forever. So let's change it up. And so um, that yeah, that's it's a whole philosophy on creativity right. and change and trying to reach people in a different way. Well, I think anything that you look at, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. And something needs to change. Yep. One part of the equation, part of somebody's you know job description, the approach of ministry. We're not gonna invite people to the church. In addition to that, we are going to meet them at their table, yeah. whatever their table is and whatever that looks like. I think that you know just helps eliminate that fear, doubt, judgmental factor for the non-Christian or the you know believer who's run so far from God. How can I step foot in those doors? So yeah. creativity is not just ooh, our logos changed, our doors have changed. It's literally, Lord, download a creativity in me totally. and break Amen. my heart for totally. what breaks yours in yep. the process of reaching the unreached people groups, the unreached yep. individuals of my neighborhood, yep. um, and just instilling those, you know, biblical values. So Josiah looks like he wants to chime in. Oh, no, he's not. In his I'll head. chime in. <laughs> our, our God is the God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, yes. but he's also the God of a new thing. Like he, he wants to do a new thing. And so a lot of what I sense in ministry has been what, what is, what is God up to in the spiritual realm that he wants to see happen. I mean, Jesus came, he said, on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus came not just to take away our sins, but to establish his kingdom here on earth. And and so I'm always trying to sense, what is God doing? What does he want to do? And and what do I need to change to help make that happen? You know, to like, so what does he want to do? And so a lot of creativity just comes out of what is God doing? What does he want to do? And what needs to change for him to do that, you know? And so creativity is comes out of that. So that, if that's a formula, that's how my brain thinks about it. I think that's fantastic. Well, now we've come to the point of our session. We ended on a heavy note, but we have our favorite part, five in five. This is where I'm we ready. do like the Michael Phelps, like you got to warm up because you got five minutes to Great. blow through these five questions. Josiah, I'm going to have you kick it off. Yeah. Haven't heard you for a while. You're just so smiling. <laughs> here's what I have been thinking about during this time. Kirk, you've brought up two concepts. One is serving the vision of or the creativity of your, you know, the voice of God in your leader's life. Yep. And at the same time, having the the individual creativity to do your job or to do what God's called you to yes. do, listening to your leadership and authority, but also hearing the voice of God for yourself, yes. for your ministry. And I'm not so sure that those things are mutually exclusive. Yep. I think they can go hand in hand. 
Talk about that. Oh, man. I The way that you just framed it up is perfect uh, because uh, a lot of times they go hand in hand. And I'm just, I'm a believer. As soon as God, as soon as I feel like God's doing something different than maybe my leadership is seeing, there's a, there's a level of like conversation. But uh, in a local church context, like we, we understand the church is God's church. At the same time, the, the current leader is, is the lead pastor. And I'm not here to set the vision or to change the vision or to, although there's a level of leading up and conversation that can happen, and maybe you are affecting change within your church, which is cool. There, there's probably a lot of people listening. They want to do a young adult ministry, yet they're going to have to lead up in the conversation right, because the lead right. pastor might not have that vision, which is, that's totally cool. I'm not saying you need to leave your church and go find a pastor that has that vision. Um, but at at the same time, if you're having those honoring conversations and you're moving that ball forward and it's still, you feel like you're still hitting a wall, um, it's not your job to change your pastor's vision. It's not like, it's not your role. It's outside of your authority. It's not what God would ask you to do. Um, I, I, th- that's me. So again, maybe I'm off. Um, and so if I ever get to a road, luckily it hasn't happened for me yet within River Valley. But if I, if I get to a point where Pastor Robert says, hey, what you are saying God is doing in your heart, that's not where River Valley Church is going. Um, but he, you know, I believe Pastor Rob would say, but I affirm, like, I, uh, you know, I affirm what God is speaking to you, that that is God, um, but it's not going to happen here. That's a scary place to be, but also if God's doing it, he's got you. And so that would be the day that Kaylee and I step outside of River Valley. And there, there would be a sense of sending as well from Pastor Rob right. and Becca uh, that we're, you know, they're going to send us out to do what God's called us to do. So it's helping create those healthy environments. There's been a church culture where everything's so it's secret and it's and it's hidden and it's you know it, people leaving is like a blindsided type thing or you're nervous to talk to your leader about what God's doing because you're scared that he's gonna. Be, and I I don't know if we always have to live that way like. Most of the time, what you're saying is they're not always mutually exclusive. Most of the time, uh, what God's doing in your heart, if you're if you're planted in the right soil and at the right church, and you're hearing from God, uh, those things go hand in hand of what your leader's hearing and feeling, and and you and, and what an awesome journey. Uh, but the, it's not always the case, and sometimes God will send you out. But if you're under a leader, it's not your job to set the vision, change the vision be the vision for your church. Um, and so there's a level of humility that you have to do. And Pastor Rob, Pastor Rob has said straight up, like, if you, if you want to lead a church, um, then go lead a church, you know, like go do it. Um, but until then there's a level of, uh, submitting to the vision of the house. So. Phenomenal. I don't know if that's a good answer. Well, yeah, it was. And then the next question is what has surprised you the most about working with the next generation? Man, I th- I think what surprised me the most is that, um, and it shouldn't surprise me honestly because who did Jesus pick to be his disciples? Uh, half of them were teenagers, you know, like mm-hmm. young homies. And who did God pick to be the mother of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? You know, she's a young girl named Mary. Right. Like young people, th- there there has been a sense in the church that's like you can't you can't really be in leadership or in authority until you're. 35 or 40 or 50 or 70 like 
like young people can lead and and even if they don't have the four year degree or the master's degree or the whatever you know like there's a level of gifting and talent in young people today our job as leaders is not um not to make them prove themselves to be it but to help mine it out of them and so um yeah, there's, there's gold in every single person. And as a leader, you should try to pull that gold out and give them opportunity. Um, yeah, give them opportunity to lead. And so the most surprising thing for me has been there are young people, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20, 25, you know, 27 year olds that are legit leaders and they can carry, uh, they can take the vision, carry what you've given them and own it better than you could have. So just letting go of ministry, you know, our job is to equip the uh, work of the saints. Is that right? Is that yes. the right way yeah. to say it? That's yeah. Right. Um, so if if I'm a leader or pastor and I'm doing everything, my my goal here, here you can write this down if you're listening, because honestly, this is, this is my framework of ministry. Whenever you're given platform, figure out ways you can give it away. And as soon as you've given away every ounce just short of getting fired, because there's some things you have to do, <laughs> but <laughs> if you've given away every ounce of platform you can, then create new platforms. Just start creating new platforms. And so maybe that's where creativity comes out for me is because I'm trying to give away platform as much as possible to people that have the right heart, the right character, the right gifting, um, and not do all of the ministry. And then once I've done that, it's creating new platforms for people to stand on and not, you know, when you get a position or a title or a salary, it is not your time to shine. It's your time to help other people shine. So that's, that's my philosophy of ministry. That's so good. Definitely a servant's heart and, um, we know that you've created a lot of different events and a lot of different platforms for people, but what has been one of your favorite events that you've ever done? Also, is this the five and five? Because, yeah. wow, it, we're going way over five minutes. He's chatty. <laughs> so, He's chatty. I'm okay. so sorry. <laughs> I thought I thought the five and five was going to be like, what's your favorite food? I, I thought the five and five was going to be like rapid, like random. So, sorry, what's your question? I'm going to go so fast. <laughs> My bad, everybody. What's your favorite event you've ever done? Uh, my favorite event I've ever done was not an event. Uh, it was in our house. Uh, we there's some there was some young adult uh, hip hop artists that somehow we ran into at the gym or something. We met their whole crew and we did a we did a small group in our house and that was probably the coolest thing that I've ever been a part of is non Christians and you got to tell them uh, you got to tell them that the Bible has an Old and New Testament. You got to tell them what the Bible is, what we believe about it. Got to tell them where to start because they would start Genesis 1-1. You know, they would just open it up and start reading, which is fine. Uh, but maybe there's some different places that they could start. They'd get a little bit, uh, get the gospel faster, you know, so they didn't get bogged down in Leviticus. But uh, <laughs> but that's, that is, man, that, that was my, that's my favorite thing. That was my favorite time in ministry of all time is that small group in our house. Okay, Kirk. Favorite story of life change, go. Favorite story of life change. Um, I've got, man, there's a bunch of stories. There's a bunch of stories. The one right now that comes to mind is um, uh, seeing a guy named Braden Dickey. Um, he 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 was an alcoholic for a long time and went to Teen Challenge. He found the poorhouse, came, came to the poorhouse when we were doing the Minneapolis campus. And... Um, rededicate his life to the Lord in that season. He just shared his testimony at one of our Monday night services. Um, and now now he's married. Never thought he'd be married. Now he's a dad. He's a real estate agent um, and living with the Lord, uh, culture carrier. Everybody in the city of Minneapolis knows him uh, because he was like the party king. Now he loves the Lord. He's amazing. So that's a story of life change. 
That's phenomenal. Well, we always come to this question in every person that we interview, and this is probably our favorite one, just because we want to learn um, from our friends' mistakes. We want to learn from our own mistakes. So, Kirk, would you be willing to share or yes, tell us I one would. of the most epic failures you've experienced in ministry thus far? Oh, in ministry. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> the tables have turned. That's so funny. I was, I was going to say just epic failure in life. I, so in life, though, I know this isn't the question. In life, I was arrested at 14, and that was an epic failure. So I had been stealing a bunch of stuff in our high school, and I got caught with invisible ink. So they planted money and put invisible ink on it, and when I stole it, it turned my hands purple. And so that's a whole story that would take a while to share. But I remember getting uh, in handcuffs leaving the high school because uh, I was in ninth grade, and there was a kindergarten class coming in using our theater, and one of the kinder- kindergarten kids goes, hey, that guy goes to my church, and I died inside. So that was an epic failure, but taught me a lot, taught me a lot. I think, um, man, that's an epic, I know this is five and five, this is the worst, you have the worst <laughs> guest ever. <laughs> Um, we'll edit. I'm just no, I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can we'll cut leave it. it. No. Yeah, no, you can cut it out. No, I'd never cut it. Please, out. Too good. it won't hurt uh. my feelings. Um, epic failure in ministry. <laughs> I don't know. I I think the biggest thing that bothers me. So this is more just. It's not an epic failure, but the thing that bothers me is when I when weaknesses come out in me at 30 year, years old that. Um, that I was doing at six years old. So there's a level of like, there's a part of me that's uh, forgetful, that lacks organization, that lacks time management, things like that. And so when I let somebody down um, with one of those things and it offends them, which happens from time to time, uh, I was doing that at six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and I'm still dealing with some of those levels of weaknesses at 30 years old. And so that's, that's failure that bothers me the most. Um, it like really upsets me. You know, an example would be I have a I have a church bought iPad like and it's sitting right here. Uh, and so this is this is I don't have a laptop. This is what I use for work. And I left I left my last one on top of uh, my car and drove no. away. And it got ran over all night long no. in the rain. No. And I found it. Uh, I couldn't find it, but I found it on the street, and it was demolished, like no. beyond recognition. Um, you know, and that's a you know that's a thousand dollar mistake, if not more. So, things like that that I was doing at six, losing things, and it was my track record. It would it was what I would get in trouble for. That that really upsets me that I still deal with some of that stuff. So, there you go. Thanks for sharing that, Kirk, for being vulnerable, transparent, and real. Yeah. And Kirk, if you could close this podcast out by leaving maybe a group of college pastors, some young adult ministry leaders with one thing, what would you leave them with? I'm going to give them two things. I'm breaking all the rules. <laughs> one thing it. would be... One, scrappy, that's I know, why. I'm so sorry. <laughs> one thing would be look people in the eyes. Like you're like... We're not in ministry to be cool people or to be big people or to be um, fast people or like, and I'm using those words. Maybe maybe you don't understand what they mean, but they mean something to me. I I think we need to look people in the eye. Like we are people, people, and there's there's a lot of in ministry where there's a sense of I need to meet as many people as possible. I need to talk with them. Like I'm at this event or I'm at this thing, and I gotta I gotta show face. You know, I gotta be this person. Like and forget that. Like look somebody in the eye, talk to them, care about their story, have a genuine care for mm-hmm. people. And the second thing is, uh, too, is if you're in ministry, um, 
you, you better understand why you're in ministry. Like you can't do it because it's your last resort or there's nothing else you could think of. Like you're in this to reach lost people for Jesus Christ. And so get out there and do it. Like do it. Like, have you ever seen the Shia LaBeouf YouTube video where he's like, just do it. Like you can YouTube it later, but he just says, just do it like a thousand times. And it's like the most obnoxious video of all time. But like, stop complaining about resource, about gifting, about talent, about people that aren't coming alongside you, about, you know, your lead pastor not have it. Like, you like you don't need a budget to reach people. You don't need a title to reach people. You don't need a salary to reach people. Um, some of the most effective people in ministry are in the marketplace. Like I could name Phenomenal. you a dozen of them. So so stop complaining and just get out there and do it. Love some people. I have a genuine care for people. So wow, did you guys have fun? I had a blast. <laughs> this coffee kicking in. <laughs> no, I, I, hopefully I. <laughs> did what you wanted me to do on this no, podcast it's but awesome. it's, I'm, I'm happy to be here and hopefully it helps some people wow well Kirk thanks so much again for joining us today um, we really appreciate you your heart your spirit your friendship and we just value you as our friend and a great individual you can find out more about Kirk Graham 20 plus and River Valley Church as well as Exception Podcast when you connect with us on our website youngadults.today so until next time we're signing off with Kurt Graham and Micah Keneally hosting Young Adults Today.